What's up, friends? Welcome to the 2-6 Podcast with Luke and Adrian. On this podcast, we focus on Web3 and achieving your personal potential. Today's episode is Web3 Project Spotlight, where we're going to go deep into some of the details on one of our favorite projects, Chicken, which sits on the Avalanche blockchain. We've covered the overall gameplay in some of our previous episodes, and today we're diving deep to help you with decisions you'll face as you consider purchases in the chicken marketplace. We'll discuss the key factors to think about as you build your farm, whether it's choosing the right birds, understanding the significance of different tiles on a farmland, or making decisions to buy items from the marketplace or craft them yourself. As with all of our episodes, none of what you hear today is to be considered financial advice. This is purely for entertainment purposes only. With that all said, let's talk chicken. What's up, friends? Welcome to the 2-6 Podcast with Luke and Adrian. If this is your first time listening, we focus on Web3 and achieving your personal potential. Today's episode is part of our Web3 Project Spotlight series, where we're going to dive deep into a project that we are very interested in. This is going to be part three of our series focused on chicken.farm. If you have not heard about chicken.farm in the past, uh, we do have a couple of other episodes that we'd really recommend that you check out. Uh, one is called uh, Intro to Chicken, and another one is called Chicken Farmland. Uh, those will give you a great background on chicken.farm as a whole, how the game works, uh, and then you can come back to today's episode really to dig into what we're going to talk about, which is how to make some of the different buying or purchase decisions that you might make as you are adding to your farm. Um, so before we do that, though, Age, what's going on, man? Good to, good to have you on today. What's up, dude? I'm still in festivity mode over here. You it's sure are. So it is a little after Christmas, but it's okay. It's still January as long as, uh, as, long as you don't carry that into, into the spring months. I think you're going to be just yes. fine. Early March, Luke. Early March. Oh. For sure. Um, so, so awesome. Well, well, age. So, so let's. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that folks want to consider as they are, you know, making purchase decisions within their their farm. One of the first things that a lot of people think about is a bird. So, do you want to take us through? You know, what are some of the things that uh, folks want to think about when they're making a decision around either a chicken or a rooster? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, Luke, is is generally the size of that bird, and and that size is typically determined on kg or kilograms or also killer gains depending on how you like to say it but the the size of the bird is is what truly matters because the, the in terms of a chicken if you have a larger chicken or a chicken that say is 24 kilograms it's going to lay a lot more egg same thing with roosters they're going to lay a lot more furt so generally when you start talking about the size of the bird there's the tokens but also when you start getting into the farmland and foraging, you're going to notice a big difference with what those birds can do depending on that size. So when you are actually foraging, a rooster needs to be about 24 kilograms or larger to forage. A chicken can actually forage at any point. Um, also, when it comes down to the speed of foraging time, every minute, or I would say every kg, makes it forage one minute faster. So... That becomes a little bit more important as you're trying to forage a lot faster. Sometimes your birds are different sizes, so it may not matter as much. I know for me, I generally just, it is what it is. I just want to get 24 birds on a farmland. And if it takes them longer, it takes them longer. But generally, it's only about 30 minutes to an hour, give or take, depending on, on how, how my birds are, are uh, sized and while they're foraging. So... The um, the one other thing that you can actually do to your bird, so too, is actually what we call, or what chicken calls, sips. So these sips, you can actually attach to your bird, 
And larger, anything larger than, say, 60 kilograms can have two sips. Anything larger than 120 kilograms can have three sips. We'll talk a little bit more about equips or, or sips a little bit later, but it just helps the efficiency of your bird when it's foraging. And also, when we're start talking about how long it takes to actually upgrade your kg, it will generally take about an hour per kilogram to upgrade. So when you're talking about like the chicken, the chicken, you're going to actually give it feed. Feed is something that's finite. It's a finite token in the tritokenomic system that we mentioned in a prior episode, but you're going to feed your chicken feed. <laughs> if I, if I can say that twice, but you're going to feed it in order to increase the KG size. And with the chicken, you're going to give the chicken more egg and the egg is actually going to make it larger in size. So, to give you an example, when you're actually upgrading the chicken or the rooster to say 24 kilograms, it's generally going to take about 300 hours, give or take. And of course, when you're actually feeding the chicken or the rooster, it's going to, in the very, very early stages, so if you're starting from say one kilogram, it's not going to take as long to feed it or what we call say the digestive period. It's not going to, or a cool down period, it's not going to take as long in the very beginning. But as your bird increases in size, it's going to take a lot longer. So to get to 24 kilograms in total will take you about 300 hours to get there. So it's more of, it's not really a, a quick way. It's kind of a slow play game. If you're just kind of growing it over time, you can actually fast forward the digestive period by burning some feed. Uh, we're not gonna go too far into that because we really don't burn a whole lot of feed to do that because feed is kind of finite and it's kind of valuable to a point. Um, but when you actually, if you're when you're actually feeding, say the chicken with feed or with egg, the chicken to get the chicken to 24 kilograms is going to take about 122,000 feed. It's like 122,500 to be exact. And the rooster to get a 24 kilograms is going to take about 300 egg. So it kind of gives you an idea. You know, granted, depending if you already have the feed, if you bought it ahead of time, or if you bought the egg ahead of time, because those prices do fluctuate. Um, like I was saying before, the feed is finite, so that supply, there's no more being minted. With egg, it's only going to be finite to a certain level when all the feed is is fed or basically no longer in existence. So that's that's one of the big things when you're actually buying a bird is to take that into consideration. Do you want to start from ground zero and get a bird that may be a little skinny and only be 1 kg? Or you can spend or find a rooster or a chicken that is already, somebody's already spent the time in feeding and there's kind of a formula that you could kind of use or just kind of, you know, use 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 something that's important to you and, and finding a way of what may be more valuable. Um, and sometimes you may just want to spend a little bit more to get the bird and kind of bypass that whole, that whole process. Next, what we want to talk about, Luke, is probably like traits and their impact. All you'll, you'll notice, guys, a lot of these, these birds have different traits. A lot of people are always saying, well, how important are these traits? When it comes down to the main game, we really don't know how important they are yet. We can do a lot of speculation on what they may do in the future. But for right now, the the traits and the impact of those traits, is it kind, of, it kind of varies. So for right now, the traits are only beneficial for foraging. So to give you an example, um, say the Bitcoin bling necklace coming off the top of my head gives you actually a 1% improvement on in, in basically foraging for gold. Uh, the other one you can basically 
Taking two is the gentle tick chicken top hat. I think that's Luke's favorite, or at least Sherbach's favorite. I mean, that's Sherbach's favorite. That's the one that he has. <laughs> yeah, yeah Sherbach's favorite for sure. But that'll actually give you a 1% improvement in the dark matter when you're actually foraging. So there are some benefits in terms of foraging, but with chick with cockfighting, we just don't quite yet know. So stay tuned. We, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. If you go into the Discord, there's a lot of talk about speculation with box head and tungsten head. Um, and what they may do. I like the actually the brain in the beaker glass. I don't know. I think it's going to have a mind powers myself. But uh, anyway, we can kind of speculate a little bit more about that. And it's actually, that's kind of the fun part about it because we really truly don't know. Um, there's always some alpha being spilled here that, you know, what they may or may not do depending on what the devs are talking about. But um, I don't know, man. It's always It's always pretty cool. But kind of going more into like some of the tools, like when you're actually shopping for a bird, some the, the community i have to say is phenomenal we have some great community members most of them are in the discord we have a lot of them on twitter slash x and there's there's some great tools that i know i use all the time one of them is eggburn.xyz created by the man search for yield and cock terminal that was actually created by bitmaker and taken over with by gribbly and gribbly has actually done a phenomenal job with making some keeping up with the tools and adding some tools to it as well we're going to try to have both those guys on hopefully at some point to kind of do a better explanation of what they do because what's neat is they actually have more of a membership based so they have their own general nfts that give you access to the more in-depth tools inside their their program so anyway we won't bore you too much about that right now because we'll, we'll probably do a very much anticipated episode talking about those community tools. And there's a lot of other community members that are doing some amazing things with their tools. And we can probably go into that a little bit further at a later time. So that kind of gives you guys an idea of the birds themselves in the marketplace, what to look for, what some of the community tools you can use. Luke, you know a little bit more about farmland as well. Why don't you start off a little bit about farmland and how important the farmlands are when we put our birds and our other NFTs inside of them. Yep, absolutely. And, um, and, and everyone listening, one of the things that we kind of talked about at the beginning, but uh, we did a whole episode on farmland, um, really kind of dedicated to all the details of how it works. I'm going to touch on some of those things at a high level today, just as a refresher. Uh, but if you do want kind of a deeper dive back into all the inner workings of a farmland, we really recommend that you check back to that episode and we can go into more detail there. Uh, but just at a real high level, there's three main things that you're going to use your farm for. You're going to use it for LP farming, aka producing worm. You're going to use it for finding resources, aka foraging. And then you're also going to be able to use it to craft resources, uh, which may be NFTs, which are on-chain resources, or there's some other resources you can make uh, that are off-chain uh, that you do not uh, turn into NFTs. Um, so, so those are kind of the main uses for farmland. Now let's talk about four things that are going to be important to you when you're considering which farm is going to be the best one for you. So one of them is going to be the size of the farm. You're also going to want to pay attention to what tiles are visible or not yet revealed on the farm. You're going to want to think about fertility. Um, so farms have a different range of fertility on there. So you're going to think about that. Uh, and then you're also going to want to look into the worm farm. So really, those are the four main things. So let's start off with size. So a few things that the size is going to affect around your farm. So one of them is uh, when you're thinking about LP farming and producing worm, the larger your farm is, the less frequently you need to harvest the worm. 
Uh, we're not going to go too much into how LP farming was. If you want a refresher on that, again, check that other episode. Uh, but depending on how big it is, if it's a small farm, you have to harvest maybe every day or so. If it's larger, maybe every few days. And if it's all the way to infinite, which is 120 bigness uh, or larger, then you can harvest whenever you want. Um, so you don't have to do that. So those smaller ones, once it hits its cap, then you don't produce any more worm or any other things that it might produce. Um, so that's going to be one thing you want to look at is how big is the farm. Uh, depending on how many farms you have, that may or may not be as important to you. Generally, you're only going to be using one farm for LP farming. So if you already have an infinite, that's probably going to be the one that you're doing all of that with. So that's number one that you're going to think about is you know your LP farming. The other thing that it will do is the bigger the farm, the deeper you can dig in your worm farm. And so, you know, we won't like go too much into like worm farms and how, what the deepness does. But one of the things you'll be thinking about is, you know, if you want to look for other resources that are there, maybe blueprints or other things, um, that's going to make a difference in there. So smaller farms, you can't dig quite as deep as you can with larger farms. Next thing that the size is going to impact is your foraging. So part of the size of your farm has to do with how many tiles are visible. So there's a max of 24 tiles, but if it's a smaller farm, then there may be fewer tiles available for you to look at. And so if you put your birds on there to forage, you kind of get a little less bang for your buck, or in this case, bang for your fur or your egg um, in order to, um, to have your, your birds deployed there. So that's going to also be a thing you're going to think about. Uh, another thing that it's going to, you're going to be thinking about with it, kind of similar to what Adrian was talking about related to the size is how long, let's say you bought a small farm because you want the ability to, um, you know, expand the farm yourself, which I'll talk about here in a bit. You're going to want to think about how long is it going to take me to go from this very small farm all the way to an infinite farm. Um, so you can upgrade the size, uh, or the bigness of your farm three times per 24 hour period. So. Another way of thinking of that is if it's a brand new farm that hasn't been touched at all, if you kind of set your timer on it and every day at the same exact time, you're going to upgrade it. You did three upgrades every time. It would take you 40 days to go from a small farm all the way up to an infinite farm. Another factor in that is how much egg is it going to cost you to do that? So the egg required matches the bigness of the farm. So if it is uh one bigness farm and you want to get it up to two, then you need to spend um, two egg to get it there. And so going from small to infinite is about 7,200 egg. Um, so when you're thinking about these farms, you're looking at on, on the marketplace, you're going to want to be thinking about, okay, do I want to spend the time? Do I want to spend the egg to do that? And is it going to be worth my money to um, buy this farm that's already big? Or do I want to take my chances on one that's smaller and potentially reveal some good tiles? So those are things you're going to be thinking about related to size. Um, kind of along this, the, the lines of the tiles is our next factor. Um, one of the things you're thinking about is how many tiles have been revealed. So um, if you find one that has all the resources you're looking for, maybe it has an Avaxian pyramid, maybe it has a uh, tungsten cube, something that you really want, you're kind of guaranteed a good thing that you want to be able to get that. So you're probably going to pay a little bit of a premium for that. You could also go the other way and say, this farm doesn't have very many tiles revealed at all. Do I want to take my chances and maybe some of the things that are not yet revealed on there are going to be those great legendary resources. So those are some things that you're going to want to think about as you're making that decision about, you know, which way to go. Do I want an unrevealed farm? Do I want one that has more things revealed? 
The um, other things that are kind of important when you're thinking about tiles. So each of the different tiles um, has a specific resource that is available there. Um, and so some of them have tiles of different rarities. So sometimes it's a common tile, sometimes it's an, a legendary tile. And those higher rarity tiles, like let's say a legendary tile like an Avaxian Pyramid, that gives you not only the Avaxium opportunity, but you get a 2.5% increased chance of getting Avaxium anytime your chickens forage on that tile. Um, so it gives you some added benefits uh, with that as well. Uh, common tiles still also do give you a boost. Usually it's about 0 0.05 um, that you can get, um, but that's, that's kind of how those will work. And then the other thing that you'll notice when you're looking at them is that some of the tiles are blank. They're not officially blank. They have things on them, but they don't have a resource tied to them. So it might be a hill or a meadow or something like that. Um, what that means is that it's available for you to put an item on it, which Adrian will talk about here in a bit, um, but you can put an item on there that allows you to forage whatever that item is. So let's say it's an Evaxium seam that you have, uh, you can put that on that tile, and then every time your birds forage on that tile, they would get that. There's some drawbacks to that, that approach, but uh, there's also some benefits because you can really optimize your farm to do um, to, to focus on specific resources. So that's one of the things you're going to want to think about with that is, are you going for farms that already have all the resources you want on them? Or are you trying to customize? And there's pros and cons of both of those, those approaches. All right. So that is the tile. So, so far we've talked about size. We've talked about tiles. Let's talk a little bit more about fertility. Um, so how does fertility affect your farm? So really two main ways that it's going to matter to your farm. One of them is the, um, in, when it comes to your liquidity pool, the more fertile your farm is, the more, you know, return you might get on anything you add to your farm. So they start off at a minimum of four, they go all the way up to a maximum of 16%. And that's basically the percent on your LP that you're going to earn back in worm, or in some cases, partner resources that they have on there. So again, a few things you're going to think about is if you already have farms, um, your decisions might be a little bit different. So if this is going to be your only farm, you probably want it to be a higher fertility if you're planning on putting LP. If you have a few farms, then it might not matter how much fertility it has because you can only use one of your farms at a time to earn LP rewards. Um, so that'll be a factor in there. But if let's assume this is going to be the one that's your main farm that you're going to put your LP in, uh, you're going to want to think about how much fert would it cost you to get the farm leveled up to the place that you want it to. So just for example, if you were going to go from a 4% fertility farm all the way up to 16%, it's going to cost you about 1.275 million fert. Um, so you'll want to factor in how much does fert cost and is it worth my while to do that? One of the good parts about upgrading the fertility though, is you don't have a waiting period. So you can do that. If you buy all the fert you need, you can do it all in one day. So that's one thing that's nice about upgrading your fertility, uh, but just keep in mind that it does have a cost for doing that as well. The other benefit of having a farm that has higher fertility is that when you are foraging, it's going to give you a little bit more of a boost in um, the um, in your, your foraging. So if it's higher fertility, then you have more of a chance of getting uh, a resource whenever you're your chickens and your roosters forage on any of the tiles in your farm. So that's another thing that it helps you with. So even if you did have multiple farms, there is a benefit to having fertility on it. It's just in the LP, it's like a big benefit um, as, as compared to some of the others. All right. 
So that was fertility. Uh, last thing we'll talk about related to farms is worm farms. So one of the things you're going to want to look at, and you can see this in the marketplace, uh, is has somebody else already dug into your worm farm? That may or may not be a good thing. So it depends on a few different things. On the good side, it costs egg in order to dig into your farm. So you have to spend a certain amount of egg to get it dug to a certain deepness. Um, so if somebody's already done that work for you, they spent the egg, that may be a good thing for you because it saves you that cost. Um, the other thing you'll look at is, did they deploy any worm into the farm? And you'll be able to see again in the marketplace, are there worm in this farm already? And if they did, the good thing is that it's going to let you know you don't have to do that. And so depending on how much worm is in your farm, it's going to make it faster for your chickens and your roosters to forage that farm. So that's the pro of if somebody else has already done that. The con of somebody already having done that is your worm farm has things buried underneath it. So it has blueprints. It sometimes has other things. And if somebody's already deployed egg and worm into your farm uh, to, to dig it, they probably took those resources. So if your goal with your farm is to find blueprints and other items down there and someone already put worm and egg into it, they probably already took those. So that's something you're going to think about as you're making those decisions. Um, so that kind of does it for everything related to farms. Um, I touched just a little bit on items and blueprints, but Adrian, do you want to kind of dig into that a little bit more, kind of talk with folks about kind of what they want to factor in when they're thinking about those decisions? All I keep hearing, Luke, is size matters and it pays to be fertile. That is that is 100% true. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> but anyway... So how important like items and blueprints are in those decisions are, are, are huge because the items will actually help you get the resource that you don't already have on your farmland. Or like Luke was saying, you can actually make them either like a factory farm where they make absolutely everything, or you can make it a specialty farm to where you're trying to get one resource. So sometimes those blank tiles are, are really useful when you combine it with certain items like items themselves. Now, items you can either buy on the marketplace or you can craft those those items. So the thing to take into consideration, though, is items do have a finite lifespan, meaning that you can only use them up to a thousand times per item. So to give you an example, if you have 24 birds going on a, on a farmland, you're going to take up 24 of those thousand times that you can actually use it. So it's really important to, like I said, figure it out if you have some blank tiles. I generally have what Luke would like to call a factory farm, and I like to to basically farm and 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 basically forage for specific items. I have one that's my main farmland, and I'll go in there, and it's kind of like it's foraging for everything. But I can I can with my blank tiles, I can actually go and throw items on there, and I can get the resource that I want because I can get it a lot faster because the it's an infinite farmland, so it's basically maxed out everywhere. So those, like what Luke was talking about, can really benefit you if you're just starting. It'll allow you to get the resources on all spectrums. So just keep in mind when you're actually looking for items or even blueprints, because blueprints, this is where it kind of gets a little tricky. Like, do I get the blueprint? Do I buy the blueprint? Do I dig into my farmland and look for that blueprint? blueprint and hopefully I get it? Or sometimes you can just go and buy it. I'm guilty. Like I get impatient. I need a certain, you know, I want the legendary blueprint so I can get the legendary items because I have the resources so I can craft those items because there is a point to where 
sometimes, I mean, like right now, where there's a, it's all supply and demand. So if there's a huge supply of items, then the prices of those items are less. Um, but I'm sure at some point there's going to be a there's going to be a time to where items are going to be scarce, and you might just have to get to the point of getting that blueprint and crafting your own items. So the main thing to think about with items is the rarity. So the higher rarity gives you the higher bonuses. When you you can also equip certain items onto your birds because there's items for your birds, there's items for your farmland. Um, I know it gets a little complicated, but when you equip to your birds, those ones are actually capped at 200 uses. So the lifespan is actually a lot longer it, it, because every time a bird uses, has an equip, it's going to only take off one out of those 200 versus on the farmland, it's going to take off how many birds that you're actually sending out to forage. So just keep in mind, the higher rarity gives you higher bonuses. So when you're looking or shopping for one or even a blueprint, it may be justifiable to maybe spend a little bit more to buying a higher rarity, depending on what your plan is. So buying or crafting, again, that decision is sometimes better off to either craft. Sometimes you may want to buy it on the marketplace. Um, the hard part is sometimes to decide of like, what should I actually do? And again, with some of the community tools that are out there through eggburn.xyz, Search has a great he has a great option to actually calculate what might be better to craft or to buy on the marketplace. There's other community members like Nifty. Nifty has a cool little tool. It's a spreadsheet based on the cost of maybe what egg, worm, what the resources when you start breaking it down in terms of how much you're spending in terms of fur and egg to send your chickens and your roosters out to forage. It, there's a lot of data. So some, I mean, the community members have actually made it a lot easier by creating these tools to where you can kind of maybe find out if it's better off to just buy it in the marketplace or just send your birds out to forage and craft your own. So again, that's a cool little tools that, that are out there to, for everybody to take advantage of um, and, and use, because I think, I think the main point, what's cool about this community is everybody's here to help. So again, if you go into the discord, same thing. Everybody's talking about it. If you're lost, you can always ask community members, you know, where to start, whatever. It, it's all out there. So, but going more into actually blueprints, um, blueprints can basically be obtained through your farmland. Like Luke was talking about where you basically dig into the farmland or maybe somebody's already dug into it. If you bought a, bought one that's already been dug into, those blueprints are going to be in that farmland. So they, if you're buying an existing one, they may not be there. Somebody may have already claimed them, but if you're digging fresh, you're going to notice there's going to be blueprints the further you dig down. And it's totally random. I've done it, dug down to the bottom on a few of them. Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. Sometimes I'm very disappointed, but ultimately you just never know what you get. But anyway, so when, you, when it comes down to the blueprints, you can obtain them by, it, it's kind of cool to digging into your own. It just takes time because it's going to take a lot of egg to dig into it. It's going to take a lot of worm to get your worms to, to those, to those spaces. But there's also a, a sense of excitement when you actually go in there because you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, it's, it's almost kind of like putting a quarter into one of those little things. You remember that Luke, where you get that little plastic egg and oh, yeah. I don't even, I don't remember what the hell is in it. Maybe a sticker or some toy, but anyway, it's kind of like that. It's just that excitement of like not knowing what you're going to get. So one of the other cool things about blueprints is that 
you can actually, I mean, you're, you're going to get to the point if you have multiple farmlands and you start digging down on your own, you're going to have an excess amount of blueprints. So a lot of those you can probably sell on the marketplace. You may take some time to sell some depending on what the supply of those blueprints are. But the the higher in rarity, the the less likely people are going to sell them or people are going to have them. But you can also turn around and sell them on the marketplace. So sometimes you might get, say, three of whatever it may be. I, I'm not going to think of the uh, <laughs> the blueprint at the top of my log head. Log cabins. Log cabins. Oh, God, nobody wants log cabins. I want, give me a rare one. The um, uh, it's got such weird names. Crypto, stone obelisks. Crypto stop. Stone ob. There's a good one. So, so certain blueprints like the stone obelisks. I don't even know if I can pronounce that right. But anyway, <laughs> it's actually cool because it actually gives you a nice bonus if you craft that item. But it, when we're talking about a blueprint, you can actually craft those as NFTs through chicken. And keep some for yourself. If you want to craft them and into NFTs, you can craft them and then sell them on the marketplace. So there's a cool little economic system of actually sending out your birds and you're producing and you may want to keep a certain amount of those items for yourself and any excess to maybe recap or re, you know, recap any of the costs that you've already put into it. You have that ability to craft those NFTs and sell them on the open marketplace. So I'm generally doing it. You can kind of get an idea what what the supply is of certain items and what maybe costs too much or what's, you know, I'm, I'm very heavy into one, say tungsten, and I can craft a lot more of those those items that require more tungsten. And actually, there's not really a whole lot of those right now. It's probably getting more into the weapons when getting into cockfighting. But I'm just trying to make up huge silo of resources so that I can craft a lot of these items for myself and my birds, but also craft enough and turning me into NFTs so I can actually sell them on the marketplace. So there's a lot of strategy. It's hard to really talk about strategy and what the right way of going it is, but that's what's kind of cool about the game is that it is strategy-based, and you can go in it to basically make items for yourself, or if you want to make maybe some money for yourself, craft the items and then sell them on the marketplace. What do you think, Luke? What do you do on your farmlands? Oh, come on. Let's be honest. Yeah, Back so... Um, so- so right now, uh, so right now I have six farms, and so I um, I have three that are built up to infinite, and then the other three are still a work in progress. Um, so in general, I have different resources that I focus on with each of the different farms. Um, so I have one that's like my really good one that has a lot of natural resources that are really good. So that one I focus on Avaxium, uh, tungsten, um, gold, and uh, I think mesh is my other one. That I have, so that one's focused on that, and then I, I put resources on there as well um, that I put onto the blank tiles and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, but one thing I did want to mention as well, just kind of as you were kind of talking about the items, so you mentioned the useful life for each of those things, and so for a farmland item, that's a thousand uses. So you can actually see in the marketplace how much how much use has this one gotten, and you might find that okay, there's some that are you know 500 uses are already gone from this one. Well. Hopefully that's priced into the amount that they're charging for it. So uh, you might get that resource at a little bit lower cost. Um, so that might be one reason you want to do that. Um, the other thing is that items can be decomposed. So let's say you need some tungsten and you see that there's an item that has tungsten in it. You can actually buy it because you want to decompose it into its resources. So that's another thing that might be a reason that you want to buy it or a reason you want to avoid something that's been used. Luke, that was actually a really good point. 
about the decomposing of resources because that, that really does come into play because you start thinking about, I know I think about some items that I'm using at different levels of usage, you actually get more resources if you're decomposing them. So I don't have them in front of me, but there are certain levels. I haven't done any. Um, generally, I like to use them up to just to the point of maybe having one last use because the use or the decomposing resources, there, there's, a, there's a huge benefit of just using it one more time or just decomposing and getting a little bit more resources out of it. So it's one of those things where I'm just kind of collecting all these items. Um, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I'll craft them into NFTs and sell them for people that need the resources. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Luke, because we almost, we almost missed it, man. Decomposing. Big part. Not yet, but it will be for sure. Yep. So, Luke, why don't you talk a little bit more about the additional market items? Because, I mean, there's, you know, we talked a little bit, of course, about blueprints and items used for farmlands. But tell us more about some of, and we also talked about the chicken or the bird items and equips. But talk, talk to us about more about what some of the other items. Yeah. So the the one that we have not talked about yet are called drips, and that one's a little bit of a mysterious one. So we actually don't know if they'll have any use. They might just be collectibles, or maybe there's something that the team is planning for them, or maybe something will change in the future, but there's other ones that are called drips. Um, so there's one, there's one for kind of each of the different that represents each of the different coins. These are all NFTs. Um, so there's one that is a worm burn drip that is out there. There's other ones that are based on egg feed and furt, uh, and you can buy them in the marketplace. You can also buy them in other places, but um, they right now are just a collectible. They just kind of show that, you know, you are, you know, a believer in this ecosystem and maybe they won't be anything. Maybe they will. Um, so we do have those. Uh, there's been lots of speculation on what those could be, uh, but nothing confirmed at this point. So that's one of the other things that you may be interested in. I would say that um, this is, you know, this is not financial advice, but I would say that I would probably personally focus more on the things that we do know what they offer. So if you're brand new to the game, start with, you know, your farmland, your chickens, your roosters, and then maybe later on, you can think about um, some of the different drips uh, that are out there. So um, that's, that's one of the things that's out. So one of the things that I mentioned just a little bit though, is where do you do all this stuff? So there's obviously different marketplaces that are out there. So you can, you know, officially you can buy, you know, chicken NFTs on any marketplace that supports Avalanche in general. Um, so there, you can buy them on JPEGs, you can buy them on OpenSea. Um, some of them you can buy on Hyperspace. Uh, but really, our recommendation is to buy them from the chicken marketplace uh, for a few reasons. One of them is that none of those other external marketplaces really shows all the detail that you're going to get on the chicken marketplace. So you're not going to be able to see, for example, how many worm are deployed on a farm if you go and try to buy it on OpenSea. Um, you can know all that information on the chicken marketplace. Um, the other reason, probably the more important one just for the project as a whole, is it does support the project if you buy them there. Um, so that's one thing that uh, you, you know, if you want to you know, support the, the chicken team and that kind of thing, buying it on the chicken marketplace is also um, going to help out in that sense as well. Um, so those are how you can buy them. Um, so let's, I want to just kind of close this out with kind of talking a little bit more about some of the resources. As Adrian mentioned, we're going to go into more detail on the resources, but Adrian, do you want to tell, um, tell our listeners kind of what are some of the main resources then, and we'll link these all in the show notes, obviously, but Adrian, you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so we we did mention Search for Yields website eggburn.xyz. I think it's definitely probably one of the the main websites that I do use on a daily basis. It's where I'm looking at he's got a, gr- a lot of great stats on egg burn itself, egg fert um feed all all of it's it's basically just a great website based on statistics. It has some investment advisors in terms of what different aspects to look into when you're looking at buying a certain chicken or a certain rooster or even a farmland. Um, there, there's just a, a lot of great resources on that page. You do have to buy one of the NFTs um, either on the marketplace or you can mint one through the website. But uh, it, again, it's all a bunch of different rarities. We don't have a whole lot of information yet on what the different rarities are going to use. But if you follow Search, he's got a lot of great insight on on what he wants to build, and and is truly, I think, one of the proven builders in in the community space. The other one is Cock Terminal. So Cock Terminal is is really cool at finding out, like, say, how many eggs might be in a bird if somebody, say, like a chicken that nobody's claimed. You can actually go in there and see how much. It's called the egg sniper. But you can actually go in there and find out how much egg is in a certain chicken if you're looking to buy, say, a certain bird based on the amount of egg that it still has and that you can claim or hasn't been claimed. Um, that's just one true aspect. I mean, Cock Terminal has a lot of great um, aspects in terms of what you can do when you're looking at buying certain certain things or even looking at certain wallets to figure out what their strategy, what they're holding, what they're doing, all that jazz. He also does have an NFT to they both kind of have NFTs to kind of you can you can use the basic website tools, but you can expand and go and I would say like pro mode by getting the NFT and just having full access. Um, one of the other cool tools that's out there is is created by one of our members named Nifty. She does a phenomenal job on spreadsheets in terms of finding out if you want to look at say the cost versus buying items for your farmland or your bird she's got some great looking spreadsheets and interactive spreadsheets that have really made a a huge difference as well um and then of course the white paper if you guys ever have any questions on any project uh but specifically with chicken if you want to basically find more of the information where luke and i get all our information part of it we remember some of it we don't but of course we always back it up by looking at the white paper because that is kind of the blueprint of the project or blueprint of any project and these guys, the chicken devs, have followed that white paper almost to a T. Yeah, and that white paper is a really good resource in general. So obviously, some of the information that we talked about today um, came from there as well. Uh, but there's so much great stuff on that white paper that you can find. Um, so it has spreadsheets that show the exact amount of egg for feed it might cost to do something, how long it takes to do things. If you really want to dig into the weeds, it shows the equations that go into some of these things. Um, So it has a whole lot of stuff there. Um, And if you want to just support the project, there's actually a whole section where you can download chicken resources and find like pictures of birds and things like that. If you want to help create memes for the community, that kind of thing. Um, So a lot of great things that are, that are in that site. um, In addition to some of the stuff that we covered today. Um, But, uh, but that's, that's kind of really going to do it for, for probably today. Uh, A couple of things I want to just highlight before we, before we close out. So again, can't emphasize enough. There's some great community tools out there, like Adrian was mentioning. Um, So definitely take a look at those. Um, But as you're kind of thinking about, you know, decisions related to birds, decisions related to farmlands, items, blueprints, all that, 
Um, we're going to link to some of the different things that are out there in the show notes. You'll be able to find those there. Um, but Adrian, any, anything else that you might want to mention the, just as we, as we close out? Yeah. And truly, if you guys stay to the end, which is always the best thing to do, I didn't mention probably enough about the items for birds when you're foraging. So when you're, don't underestimate the importance of items for your bird, because that is going to be solely going to increase the percentage of, of items that you can bring back from a forage when you start equipping items to a bird. So don't underestimate a bird with no traits whatsoever, or even a farmland with the least amount of traits. Those I think will have a huge advantage because you're able to equip those birds or those farmlands to whatever you want to forage for. So don't underestimate a bird with zero traits. Sometimes those are mo almost as valuable as, as valuable as having some legendary traits. So some two traits, there are some actually legendary. That is your, what I would call your OG bird or your, your two trait bird or your naked bird. I'll, I might like saying naked bird because you can add all these other cool little traits to it and make it to what you want. Now it's good for foraging. When cockfighting comes around, it's probably going to be nice too because you're going to be able to put on maybe some armor or some weapons to that bird. So don't sleep on the two trait or even the three trait birds. The three trait birds are also good where maybe just has a background of some sort, but it's still a naked bird. So just wanted to point that out there. Don't sleep on the equips or the birds or the items. Yep. Great, great ad. Definitely important. All right, listeners. Well, um, if you enjoyed today's episode, we really would appreciate if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening in on. Uh, if you are joining us on Spotify, we are going to put some questions for you in the comments. So please let us know if there's anything else that you want to know about the chicken project or other projects in general that you're interested in learning more about. Uh, definitely want to make sure that we are you know, covering everything in full. And if you have ideas for things that you would like to hear from us, uh, we would love to, to share those things as well. And I'm just excited about chicken and what's to come for 2024. That's right, man. Chicken is the way. Two six. 